All right, guys. So it's been a while, at least for me. I'm not sure about you two since I was at a movie theater. Luckily, since Keith and I live close to each other, we've been able to kind of ease back into it. And of course, a new Marvel movie is out. We got to see it in the theater. And Keith, you and I, I think we had a pretty good movie experience. But there was one thing that I know Austin, even though he wasn't there, is going to feel disappointed for me. There was one thing sorely lacking from this experience. Can I take a guess? Please do. I know there's been product shortages everywhere with COVID. Was the movie theater out of popcorn salt? Oh, Oh! you nailed it. Not only did they have like a shit ton of popcorn, not only was the butter a non-issue, trust (laughs) me, um, there wasn't any popcorn salt, Austin. And I was disappointed because I wanted to turn my popcorn orange. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I mean, as you guys know, I, I first introduced you, you guys did. to the concept of popcorn salt. And I don't know what it is, but I don't I don't live in Texas anymore. And in the theaters up by me, there's just not popcorn salt. Oh, there never has been. God. So I haven't had popcorn salt on popcorn in years. It's a real shame. I was explaining to Matt, I was like, do you remember whenever we all three used to go to the theaters together as kids and Austin would introduce us to the popcorn salt and he would start kind of like, you know, lightly kind of tapping it on and then all of a sudden he would just dump a shit ton of it on and like his entire popcorn bag would be just full of salt if you're gonna do popcorn salt you gotta commit you need to have dry mouth by the time the movie ends that's why you get a drink at the movies you gotta be able to continue to eat your popcorn once it dries out and honestly you know what i know people want us to get to black widow but keith i need you to talk to me a little bit about while the popcorn definitely soured the beginning of our movie experience we did have a beautiful end to it as the movie closed, please tell me what happened. Is it a spoiler to say if we have an end credit scene? There's or a not? scene. We can say there's a scene. I think we can say that. There's an end credit scene, so that but the regular credits have not even finished yet. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we just hear like one, like I don't know if I don't know if it'll show up in the mic or not, but you just hear one. And then all of a sudden and then Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> It was insane. Keith and I just started laughing. We turned, I turned to him and I was like, I've genuinely, like, people used to clap at the end of movies. Like, that was a thing when we were kids, but I have not heard that in years. And then, no bullshit, there was just straight clapping for, like, two full minutes. And we were just, what is happening? Why are people clapping? And why are they still clapping? It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. But, Keith, you know what? It might be because we went to an early show. We saw this movie at 12.10. This afternoon, so maybe that's what happens early on Sundays when you see a movie. I mean, I had to I had to watch this one on Disney Plus because I was traveling today, but I had the same experience in my home when the credits rolled. I just sitting in my living room. Yeah, David Harbour. <laughs> we heard you from a state away. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three Russian super soldiers with nothing better to do. I'm Austin Terry, and I pour vodka in my Frosted Flakes. And I'm Keith Baker, and I'm a pulser. And I'm Matt Johnson. I'm just another American cast in a Marvel movie excited to do a Russian accent. On today's show, we'll be discussing Scarlett Johansson's long overdue solo MCU movie, Black Widow. But before we get to that, Matt, how was Loki this week? Loki was good. We had a good time. It was unfortunate because, Austin, like you mentioned, you were traveling, so we did not have you on this most recent episode. So Keith and I had to break down the penultimate Loki episode. We both liked it. I think we both had a good time with it, and we're both super excited 
about the finale this coming week. So if you've been watching Loki along with us, make sure you check out our episode. We broke down all the theories, all the plot, all the spoilers, all that good stuff. And the show is coming to an end. This is our third MCU Disney Plus show. We have more on the way and super excited about it. So check it out. I can't believe we've already had three of these just in Insane. 2021 alone. Insane. And we're going to have like at least two more, I think, this year. It's a big week, though. This finale, this show's been uh, stellar so far. So yeah. there's a lot riding on this finale. I need it to be good. I, I need. We need a win. We need a big win, I think. All right. And with that, let's get into our main topic for today. Black Widow has officially been released to theaters and Disney Plus and is set after the events of Captain America's Civil War. It seems both Marvel fans and Scarlett Johansson have been asking for this film to get made ever since she had her debut back in Iron Man 2. So how did we feel about the story we were finally given? Did Marvel do Scarlett Johansson justice on her possible final send-off? Is David Harbour our new Captain America? Well, that's what we're here to discuss today. Matthew and Keith, give me your general thoughts on Scarlett Johansson's career in the MCU and some non-spoiler thoughts on Black Widow. Big question, Austin. The king of asking big questions. Keith, how about you start us off? Scarlett Johansson's career in the MCU. Uh, yeah, I liked her from day one in Iron Man 2 as... Well, she was known as Natasha Romanoff, right, in Iron Man 2? I was trying to think. She had, she's had two different was, names, right? It was Natalie Rushman, but she was undercover. That's right, Natalie. Yeah, so from day one is Natalie. I thought she was pretty badass. When she, whenever she takes down Happy in the boxing ring, we're like, oh, shit. She's going to be a cool character here. Um, and as she progressed forward through the Avenger movies, I mean... Can't argue. She was always one of the mo- more badass uh, people in the Avengers and definitely probably the most badass girl in the entire Avengers um, franchise. So, yeah, I'm no, no, not many flaws to really point out with her character. I've always thought she was a strong leader and Scarlett Johansson has always played her well. Yeah, I'm right there with Keith. I've, I love Scarlett Johansson as an actress and I thought she always brought a lot to the MCU. It was always cool to see her in it because... She was one of the few people, if you think about it, that was already a big star when she was cast in the MCU. A lot of people that were cast were kind of like either no names or people that like you'd seen a little bit of here and there, but they weren't like huge names until they were in the MCU. So it was kind of Scarlett Johansson brought a lot of gravitas from day one, kind of like Keith said. And I don't know Austin's feelings, but I think based on the question, I can kind of surmise the point of the question is I've always loved the character. I think... She's um, always had good little subplots in all these movies, particularly Winter Soldier is a favorite of mine. Even Age of Ultron, I enjoy her, and I like I like that plot. I know people, some people don't. Um, that being said, it's frankly bullshit that it's taken eleven years. Why? Why has it been eleven years to get this movie? It's ridiculous. I mean, this character was introduced at the beginning of Phase One, and then was in the Avengers, and then kind of just was put here and there in other movies along the way. And it's like, this is a founding Avenger. Come on, give us like a solo story. Like we were just given like little bits and pieces along the way, but it was never enough because it was never a solo outing. And I think it's ridiculous that it took over a decade to make this. So I'm definitely kind of behind Scott Johansson. Like Austin said, if she's really been saying we should make this movie and they said no, then that's fucked up. But I'm glad they finally made it. I think we'll get into the whole, is this movie worse because we know her future in the MCU with like Avengers Endgame and stuff? We'll get into it, but at least it's finally here. It took too long. Yeah, I've always been interested in a solo movie for Scarlett Johansson. Um, I've kind of always been with her. Like They should have done this a long time ago. Um, It's been really interesting, too, to see her character evolve in the MCU. Like 
when she was first introduced, it was very much like a sex appeal. We're going to put Scarlett Johansson in black latex. And then they had to, with the times, had to evolve and and make her more of a character for the better. So that's been really cool to see. I'm glad that her solo movie got made like at this stage of the MCU career, as opposed to when she was first introduced, because I think they would have totally botched that original story. But it is a very weird timing to have this movie come out after what we saw happen in Endgame. Yeah, and so now just getting into this movie, kind of, I guess I'll do my best to separate the timeline and all that stuff or whatever, like chronologically, whenever movies were released. Just how did I feel about this movie? I had a really good time. Um, I had a blast watching it. Keith and I were talking afterwards. Like, I definitely don't think it's a great movie, and I definitely have a lot of questions that I don't think I should be asking. And there was some confusing plot stuff and maybe potential plot holes since this was a prequel. But overall, I had a blast watching it, and I would certainly recommend it to anybody. But my major caveat is that I definitely have issues with it. So will it rank like in my top tier MCU movies? Probably not, but it definitely deserves a recommendation, I think. Yeah, it was a great time. It did last a little longer than expected. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as the characters and the actors and actresses goes, I I thought the cast was awesome, and they all played really good parts. Just as far as their characters goes, though, I think there could have been a little bit more development. Um so yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. This certainly isn't my favorite MCU movie. Uh, it's better than what I thought it was going to be coming into this because I had no idea how they were going to keep a Black Widow story set after we know Endgame, but it's before Endgame. Like, I had no idea how they were going to keep that interesting. And for the most part, it was at least engaging. I was feeling the runtime, though, like you guys said, by the time the credits rolled. I think the best part about this movie are for sure Scarlett Johansson, but then also the characters they surrounded her with are all really fun. I don't know if the plot necessarily supports the fun characters that they introduced, but overall, at least we got three new fun characters that are seemingly going to be coming back into the MCU in a little bit. Yeah, that's such a great point, Austin. Great way to put that. I think these characters they introduced were awesome. The performances were great. There's definitely some questions I have, but despite that, like Keith said too, I think it was just super engaging. And like you said, whenever you have a movie like Avengers Endgame that kills this character, it's nice that they introduced some like big supporting players in this movie that could potentially, depending on how things go, maybe carry on, you know, plot lines and stories in the future. So that's super cool. And they were all great. So it was fun to watch for sure. But I definitely agree. My biggest problem with the movie is that the plot itself didn't support um, those characters, like you said. So a great way to put it. I agree for sure. So we are going to get into spoilers here in a sec, but I did, I did kind of want to talk about this here. Would you guys have been more interested in this little kind of side story after Civil War, but before Infinity War that we got here? Or would you have rather just seen a full-on prequel movie and seen what Natasha was up to before she even linked up with the Avengers? Yeah, I I'm, I think I would like would would have liked to have seen a prequel movie. I mean, I, I enjoy what we got here, and I think the time where it fell in the timeline of the Avenger movies was fine. Like, keep this one, but I wouldn't mind seeing another prequel to Iron Man 2. Uh, you know, how does she become Natalie Rushman or whatever leading up to that movie? Or even have a, maybe not have Scarlett Johansson play such a big role. Maybe have a younger actress play more of like a teenage role and see how she grew up in her childhood and all that. Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know what I would have preferred. I feel like in a perfect world where like the MCU gives me absolutely everything I want, how cool would it have been for this to be a sequel to like another Black Widow movie they already made? Maybe back in phase one or maybe early phase two Marvel, they make that like prequel Black Widow movie that talks about kind of the early days of Natasha, like 
after her family gives her up and like how she becomes Black Widow, how she defects, how she links up with S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first place, maybe some missions like the Budapest one. And then this movie is largely a sequel to that that tells a different story between Civil War and Infinity War. I think ideally that's what I would have wanted because while this movie did give me a lot of great character stuff, I did, whenever Keith and I were walking out, I was like, you know, I mean, for years now, since 2010, I've been wondering about this version of Natasha's past. And this movie gave me a lot of that for sure. But there are like some key like gaps in time, particularly like whenever she gets brought into the Red Room again. And then we kind of just got like a montage at the beginning that like cuts to her after Civil War. I would have liked to have seen what happened in the middle there whenever she was this assassin and how she eventually became tired of that and decided to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Because they talk about this movie that she defected. That was her own choice. And that's pretty cool and pretty interesting. And I would have liked to have seen that. But because they were trying to balance a lot in this movie and move the plot forward, you can't do that. And again, this movie takes place like 11 years after like the the initial intro. So you also can't really do that. So it was a tough thing to balance. I, I wish we would have gotten another movie before this. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Matt, because this movie does, it's a sequel movie to a movie that doesn't exist. That's really what this is. It, it doesn't feel like original. It's not a prequel. It feels like it is a sequel to a prequel that they've, that we've only had reference throughout the MCU, but we've never actually seen play out. Like how many times have they done this whole, oh, you remember Budapest in the MCU? <laughs> Too like, many. <laughs> why can't we just, I'm, why can't we just get that movie? Like I would, I would much rather see that happen because <sighs> yeah. it sounds like Budapest is a really important moment for Natasha because it's when she sealed her defection to S.H.I.E.L.D., so that could have been the first movie, and then you do this one, yeah. and I think it comes off a little better and less forced. And I don't know what Jeremy Renner's deal is. Like, I don't know why. Like, he like maybe he doesn't want to do these movies anymore, or Marvel doesn't want him. But it's like Winter Soldier. This. Why is he not in this? Like, you're so right, Austin. If they had made it years ago, then I'm sure a younger Jeremy Renner would have been like, "Yeah, I'll be in your Budapest movie." <laughs> but uh, now. <laughs> There's just a, I know we're not doing spoilers. I don't care anymore. But there's a scene in this where like it's a flashback and then Natasha's on the phone and I was listening to the guy. I was like, I think that's Jeremy Renner, but I'm not sure. So it's word it's words they got that Jeremy Renner said throughout his career and they just stitched them together to make sentences. I hundred percent believe that. I hundred percent. Matt, but I think you're underestimating how hard it is now to book platinum selling artist, Grammy Award winning artist Jeremy Renner in MCU films. He's outgrown the MCU. <sighs> Damn, just taking his medicine. Taking his medicine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, awesome. I got to say it now. I was going to save it for later, but Keith and I, as you guys know, anybody out there that has been listening to the show long enough, you know that the three of us have the great ability of we can run any joke into the ground and still find it funny. And I've already made this joke like three times today to Keith, but my favorite line of the movie is <laughs> whenever Natasha gets to Budapest and links up with uh, Yelena again. And there's this scene where it's like, oh, this is her safe house. That's cool. And then Yelena goes, what is that? Is that bullet hole? And then the camera goes over and it's just like you see bullet holes in the wall. And then Natasha goes, no, it's from Arrows. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, cool Hawkeye reference. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? <laughs> Even Yelena's face was like, it would have been cooler if you had just said, yeah, it's bullet holes. <laughs> it's my favorite thing about Yelena is how she's just unimpressed with everything. Um, okay, everybody, we are now going to go ahead and get into spoilers for Black Widow. So if you have not journeyed out to the theaters or rented it on Disney+, Plus. This is your time to jump off. We are going to spoil everything for Black Widow, no holds barred. So go ahead and check the movie out. 
and then come on back to hear our thoughts. All right, let's do it. Time for the movie facts of Black Widow. Matt, can you run down our logline? Yeah, so like we talked about already, this one is kind of a prequel, I guess, but only in the context of the MCU at large. So, after the events of Captain America Civil War, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, must reunite with her estranged family to bring down the Black Widow program that turned her into what she was to begin with. All right, and for our cast and crew for Black Widow, we have... This movie is directed by Kate Shortland, written by Eric Pearson, who did Thor Ragnarok and Agent Carter, Jack Schaefer, who of course wrote WandaVision, and Ned Benson. And then our score is composed by Lauren Balf. And for our cast, we of course have Scarlett Johansson in the lead as Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, Rachel Wise as Melina, David Harbour as Alexi or Red Guardian, Ray Winstone as Drakov, O.T. Benley as Mason, with Olga Kurilenko as Atonia slash Taskmaster, and William Hurt, Matt's favorite, returning as General Ross. So I know, of course, a highlight for Matt will be General Ross, but guys, that's our full cast and crew. Who are your highlights, positive or negative? I don't know if he's a positive or negative yet, but I'm going to highlight Ray Winstone. Great way to put that, Keith. <laughs> One of my favorite actors. You may know him from The Departed or... Beowulf, Indiana Jones 4, and the Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull, my favorite Indiana Jones film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ray Winstone's a great actor, but uh, in this movie, not saying his performance was necessarily bad, but his character was kind of all over the place for me, so... little hard to understand, I yeah, feel like is a fair That's statement. the best way to put it. <laughs> Subtitles are definitely needed for to understand what he was saying. <laughs> Any positive ones, K-Back? Yeah, I'll just shoot a positive to Scarlett Johansson of course not too much to add she brings the same uh, abilities that she's always had to the table and then uh, I'll shout out to David Harbour as well his character was pretty funny and I thought he played him pretty pretty well for the most part yeah so uh, to shout out a positive as well totally agree with what Keith said I think my main positive that you haven't mentioned yet is Florence Pugh I love Florence oh, Pugh. You took mine. She's such a fucking good actress. She's just one, she's just one of those people that you have to watch. You know, she's already been nominated for Academy Awards for like Little Women and other stuff. I mean, she's so good. Midsummer as well. And to see her cast in this role was such a good call because now that we're in spoiler territory, I think it's pretty fair to assume that we'll be seeing a lot of this character going forward, which is super exciting. And I thought she just really brought a lot of humor to the movie, a lot of great emotion, a lot of character development. And so big fan of that. And kind of like Keith said, I do have one negative, but it isn't because the person did a bad job. It's more so the character. I really like Olga Kurlyenko a lot. And uh, I think we all three were pretty pleasantly surprised whenever we revisited Quantum of Solace earlier this year to see that she was like, oh, I remember this character not being that great, but she's actually really good in this. And this character is pretty compelling. And to find out that she was Taskmaster was interesting, but she has one line in the entire movie. And the character of Taskmaster with the mask on never speaks. It's like, oh. So I was just like, ah, what a waste of like a pretty good actress. And so I was kind of disappointed by that, to be honest. I think I agree with everything that you guys said. My stand that was going to be Florence Pugh. Um, I'll just take all the praise that Matt had and, and go one step further. I think she actually overshadows Scarlett Johansson in this movie. I think she is for sure the standout. I think she's the best part of this movie. And I don't think this movie works well without her in it. 
And then David Harbour, I really am a huge fan of David Harbour, and I think this might be the funniest he's been in his career. I thought, I thought he was great <laughs> thought, in this one, too. I genuinely thought you were going to go, I'm a big fan of David Harbour, but he fucking sucked in this. <laughs> no, I liked him. I he was really he was funny. Yeah, yeah, I liked him a lot, too. I liked him a lot. Okay, so that's the cast and crew, and uh, let's just get into our round table, guys. Uh, this movie's only been out for a few days, so we don't have a ton of movie facts or critical receptions yet to run through this week. So let's do the round table. Who wants to start us off? So we kind of just talked about it going through the cast and crew there, but I do feel like this must, I don't know, this is probably like the 25th Marvel movie, not even counting all the shows. So, so many characters, but I do feel like Marvel movies are defined by their lead performances and also their villains, more so even than the story itself that they're presenting. So personally, I thought all the leads were performed super well, but the villains, I think, is where things fell a little bit short. So just to kind of open things up here before we get kind of into the story beats and stuff later. What did you guys think of the characters, good or bad? I know we talked about it a little bit already, but any specifics you want to dive into? Yeah, like I kind of said in the top there, I love the whole family. I think they're so funny. I, I like how they all play off of each other and how they're just this family that was just fake. And now they're kind of forced to bond together because of their circumstances. Um, the thing that doesn't work for me in this movie is the villain and kind of our central driving plot of the movie Drakov, I think, at this point in the MCU, is just too generic to be interesting. I mean, after we've had these giant space-spanning, time-spanning, world-ending stakes in all of our other films, to then go back to just, oh no, Russia might take over the world, it's not as interesting to me anymore as where we are now in the MCU. This would have been interesting in 2011, maybe, but not in 2021. And it was also confusing, you know? It's like, I'm okay with a generic villain. Most movies, not even talking about Marvel, they give us generic villains that like can stand up to the hero in some way. And that's fine. If you get a good actor or actress, who cares? Um, but I don't know about you, Austin. Keith and I were talking about it earlier over a couple drinks after this movie. I was all, Not only was the villain generic, but I was so confused about elements of the plot, like the timeline. So... Was he friends with Alexi? I guess not. I guess he just arrested him. Wait, so Melina was okay with, like, providing mind control to this guy? That seems kind of fucked up, even if she didn't know there was human subjects. And then it's like, what does this guy actually do at the head of the Black Widow program? Like, there was just too many questions that I didn't want to be asking. And it kind of took away some enjoyment to the third act for me because I was, like, just kind of confused and not super excited about this generic villain. Yeah, and I always hate when our like main villains can't be involved in the action. Like it's very clear that this guy cannot stand up to fighting Natasha or anybody else from her family. So I, I kind of wish like maybe just Taskmaster was the main villain and then have them more involved as just like instead of like a lapdog. Yeah, it's just like this weak old man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I genuinely, Keith, again, this kind of goes back to the beginning. I don't think we would have gotten this villain if this um was like the first solo Black Widow movie. If we had gotten like that first movie years ago, he would have been the main villain because he's the leader of the Widow program. It like forces Natasha to confront her past. Like, but because we haven't gotten that movie, then you have to put that villain in here so she can do that and put Taskmaster in to be like a fun action oriented villain. I feel like if we had gotten more of Black Widow years ago, then we could have focused, like Austin said, on Taskmaster here, a villain that I love. I love Taskmaster from the comics, from cartoons, from video games. Such a cool, simple concept. A villain with such a good photographic memory in the comics. It's usually a male that can um, memorize everybody's movesets. All your favorite heroes. Taskmaster can fight that way. So you can never beat him. And then here it's just 
a mute person that doesn't talk at all. It's like kind of related to the widow program. And only one action scene. Yeah, just not that one action. action scene on the bridge. Some cool Captain America stuff. A quick little um, Black Panther moveset when fighting against Red Guardian. But yeah, that was it. Yeah, I do agree with the guys that Taskmaster probably should have been the main villain. But if you're going to put Ray Winstone in a movie like this and make him the villain, they underused him quite a bit. Because if you look up Ray Winstone's you know, past acting roles, that guy can play some pretty disturbing and really creepy characters. And I just feel like they really didn't use him up to his potential in this one. Like I said, he just felt like this... Just a weak old man that just kind of had this old motivation about him that really didn't fit in. That was the problem, Keith, too. It's like, I think even Natasha at one point goes, what's the motivation here? Why are you doing this? Like, why are you kidnapping all these young girls? I don't think he gave an answer. To change the economies and change world order. Nobody pays attention to young girls. They can get in and out of anywhere. It's just like, like Austin, like he said it already, it's just like, this is like the perfect 2011 superhero movie villain, but it doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs> it's just not great. A lot of things had to be changed in the MCU for this to happen, but I couldn't help but thinking about it would have been cool if Red Skull had been our villain here. God, Hugo Weaving. I love him. I really wish he would have stuck in with the Marvel stuff. It just sounds like after the first Cat movie, he didn't want to anymore, but we could have got him popping up all over the place. They talk about Hydra in this movie, so it's like, who knows? Maybe he started the Widow program. I don't know. In this timeline, Austin, like in, in after Civil War, or maybe if, if they would have done a prequel uh, before Iron Man 2, like have him come in as Red Skull. I just think Red Skull would have been a better big bad in place of Drakov. A lot of stuff yeah. would have had to change with what happened in the actual MCU, but it just seems like this type of in charge of a secret program and all this you know technology stuff really fits in with Red Skull. It also would have been interesting if in this version of like timelines when it comes to like the MCU in this world, if Hydra was responsible for creating the Red Room and the Widow program because then it, I think that would have made it feel more impactful. Even in this movie that takes place as like this weird prequel story, it would have been cool to find out, oh, so guess what? Uh, the Red Room was Hydra actually, and like a subsidiary of Hydra, and Natasha chose it effect to go to S.H.I.E.L.D., which is like, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra are the opposing things. like That, that could have been cool. Um, yeah. Whereas here it was like this weird, like confusing allegiance. It was like, what do these people do? It's just kind of confusing. And like Keith already said, Ray Winston doesn't really give us a reason later, unfortunately. So it's still confusing now after having seen it. So we're dancing around it a lot, but the timing of when this movie made, I think, is a thing working against this movie. Ultimately, it's, it was always going to be hard to sell the importance or relevance of this movie with Natasha having died in Endgame and the setting of this one being set right after Civil War. Um, so let's just touch on this a little bit more. How do you guys feel about this one in the context of the broader MCU? Did it feel awkward? Does it feel important? Did it feel just like a, okay, Scarlet, we messed up. We should have given you a movie a long time ago. So here you go. What do you guys think about this one? It really didn't touch all on her that much. Yeah, it did kind of give us a, a quick origin with her and her fake family and her fake sister. But to me, it really didn't build up to who she is now. We didn't get like, the story of her teenage years and her growing up in this in this uh this trance kind of state. We just get this quick fake family thing, and then all of a sudden it cuts and it's back to where she's at today. We just got more character development with her family members, not so much her. I'm right there with you. I think, like Austin said, I guess we are kind of jumping around a lot, but I think, long story short, this movie should have come out in phase one of the MCU, no doubt. At the latest... I think this movie would have worked really well 
as kind of a palate cleanser right after Captain America's Civil War, but before uh, Infinity War, like in that year gap, I think, that was between those two movies. Like this would have been just a really fun action movie to watch that gave you like some cool backstory before getting into a huge like like Austin said, like a huge like galactic level um, scale of something like Infinity War with Thanos coming. This would have been really cool. Um, it's just, it's come a few years too late, unfortunately. Uh, I am glad that I know more about Natasha than I ever did. I think a lot of the backstory was compelling. Again, I do agree with Keith that I think some of those teenage years and the actual, like, acceptance of this weird Red Room situation, how she survived, and then eventually the defection to S.H.I.E.L.D., it seems like pretty important character stuff that I would have liked to have seen, but, you know... It is what it is. I think I enjoyed the movie, but I would have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more if it had come sooner. It would have felt a bit more, I think, in the right place. But I still think all the actors, the writers, they did the best they could and they made the best movie they could with that kind of um, arm tied behind their back, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And additionally, too, like because of when they chose to make it and set it. They had to like kind of bend over backwards to make it be like, hey, it's still right after Civil War. Like, so they had to have General Ross in here. They had to have Mason give her a shield plane so she can go pick up the team from the raft. Don't get me started. That was that epilogue was terrible. That was bad. Who who is this Mason guy? How is he getting a shield plane? I liked him a lot, but I don't know how he was getting any of this stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good point, Austin. Also, I mean, like. We don't have to spend too much time on it because it ultimately it's like, what can you do? It doesn't really matter. But there were some plot holes, I think, based on this being a prequel. Not only what you just mentioned, but watching this, it forced me to remember at the end of Civil War, Captain America breaks into the raft and breaks out Hawkeye, Wanda, Falcon, and Ant-Man. Right? At the end of this movie, Black Widow goes, thanks for the plane. I'm going to the raft to break out my friends. I guess we're supposed to imply that she's picking up Cap. It's weird. It's a weird thing <laughs> to assume, though. I mean, I think you're right. Maybe she's flying to Wakanda. I think what you're saying is correct. But still, it's like, what? No, he did that already. I saw that in a different movie. <laughs> so it's just a weird thing that they're trying to jump around, like you said, because it's a prequel. So they have to like shove it in to the greater plot and it doesn't fully work it's unnecessary too they could have just cut the credits right on her hero pose with all the smoke around her and stuff was gonna happen (laughs) it it would have been fine you don't need the two weeks later here's a shield plane we all know we all know what happened like we've seen it thanks for telling us how how she got the plane (laughs) i was gonna say keith thanks for telling us how she got her blonde hair it's like yeah she dyed it Yeah, so, I mean, another alternative we could have had is maybe, like, a Thor Ragnarok where, you know, Natasha's the main focus, just like Thor's the main focus, and but he has uh, Banner as Hulk there as well. Maybe, do you think we could have had a Natasha movie, but maybe have a bigger character as a side character in this one? Maybe that would have worked a little bit better? I think if they were going to do a Black Widow movie, but then they still surrounded her with the Avengers, I think that might have been perceived as Marvel not thinking Black Widow can carry a movie by herself. Good point. Good point. It's a big deal that it's a standalone female Avengers movie. Like, that's a big deal for everybody out there. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to make a Black Widow movie and then still throw in Captain America. Like, I'm glad they developed their own characters for this movie. Good call. 
It's a, it's a great question, Keith. Again, I think the cop-out answer that I would give is I think the first movie, we need it to be a solo Black Widow movie. And then maybe in movie two or three that they should have done, then you can maybe do something like Captain America's Civil War or Thor Ragnarok where it's more – it's less focused on that main character and more about kind of the ensemble because I would have loved in like a sequel um, to this movie that maybe involved like diving into the Red Room stuff in the past. It would have been so cool to see the reunion of Cap – and Natasha, like we got in Winter Soldier, seeing them have to go on another kind of undercover mission years later would have been really cool, which also would have fit into this timeline because did you guys also think it was weird? I, I certainly thought it was kind of a weird plot hole that whenever you watch Avengers Infinity War from 2018, like Wanda and Vision are just like making out and then they get attacked by Thanos's people. And then who saves them? Captain America, uh, Falcon and Black Widow. And it's like watching this movie, I was like, Okay, so Natasha's on the run, and everybody else is arrested still, and Steve's not arrested. Steve's on the run. Why aren't they together? And she apparently met with General Ross at the end of this movie, who was going there to arrest her. And then her. two weeks later, it was just driving on a motorcycle. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so there was some weird thing. I think, in a, again, it kind of goes back to the beginning, Keith. Like, in a perfect world, we would have already had another Black Widow movie, and then in a sequel... To answer your question, I think it would have been perfect to get a story like this diving into Natasha's past and family that we could have gotten Steve on board for to help her out because they're both on the run post-Civil War. That would have been awesome, but just didn't, you know, work out with how they weirdly <laughs> planned all this. And I think also, I think it was you that said the question at the beginning. And Kevin Feige, if you watch him in interviews, he seems like a cool guy, but this this movie really does seem like he was saying no for years and then kind of was like, I guess. I mean, people keep yelling at me and Scarlet does. So go make a movie. I'm not trying to be a dick. It just it really does feel like that. Like he must have been the barrier for this getting made. I think that's a key takeaway from this episode is the biggest problem with this movie is when they made it. It's not the movie itself. It's just when they released it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, OK, so I, I think we've all we've been a little bit more negative than I think we all intended to be because we also had fun with this movie. Yeah. So let's just talk about some things that work pretty well in this movie. How do you guys feel about kind of this disjointed family element? Alexi, Melina, Yelena. What do you think of all them? I thought it was hilarious, most of it. I mean, and it was kind of cool at the beginning with the whole chase scene, going to the plane and all that. Yeah, that was all cool. And then, yeah, like you said, Austin, as we get into it later, it's really funny how they're all kind of getting back together and drinking vodka and, and cutting up as if 20 years had not gone by. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, 100%. I think, again... The movie is constantly inviting questions that I shouldn't be asking. I don't know why they're introducing them. Like the whole thing with Alexi's past with Captain America, they even reference like he was in the ice still. It's like, what? Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm still being negative. The point is, I loved it. Even though I, I wonder if he thought Bucky. I he thought again, it was Austin, Captain America. We have such a huge universe here. How cool would that have been? Because I, get, I was telling Keith, there's a great scene in Captain America Winter Soldier where they're talking about the Winter Soldier. I think Steve is like, who is this guy? And Natasha like pulls down her shirt and reveals a bullet hole. And she says that she's fought the Winter Soldier before. So it's like, how is Bucky not in this? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm being negative. I don't want to be. Uh, the, my point being, even though I was constantly like, asking questions like, what is Alexi's motivation? Melina, that's kind of weird that she did that. That's weird. Like, that seems pretty, like, insidious, the fact that she's doing this mind control stuff. Was Alexi, like, did he really love them? Like, I, I was constantly asking these questions, but 
because the performances were so good and they did focus a lot on the family dynamic, I think it really made the movie. I think this was such a cool choice for this weird kind of espionage spy thriller to have this kind of, like Keith said, this really hilarious, fun family dynamic thrown in that had some dark moments in there, too, which was really powerful. And I thought it was a blast. I mean, the performances were fantastic. Florence Pugh, like the sister relationship in particular, I thought was especially great. But I, I really, I really thought the entire family dynamic was an awesome decision and definitely needed. I think it was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I, I'm actually when credits rolled, I was pretty bummed that we aren't going to get to see more of Yelena and Natasha. Yeah. I thought they were so great together. Um, like I've said, uh, Alexi, I thought was super fun. Milena has some really great moments just with Natasha herself. Um, and then just to go back to Yelena one more time, my favorite thing about this character is how she's this badass trained assassin, but then she still talks like a 13-year-old, like the way her brain works. I, I just think it's so funny and really endearing for that character. And it's so it was so smart to pair her with like kind of deadly serious Natasha. Yeah, it yeah. was a great call. I loved all the... All the stuff that she called her out on with the, the like the weird posing and all that. It's like you're yeah. like people are staring at you all the time. You're still narcissistic. <laughs> the jacket bit got me. I, I thought that was so funny. I love that. I thought that was awesome. And because I know that's what uh Black Widow wears in Infinity War. So it's like a fun little oh, here's how that happened. Like there's so many buckets. So we talked about a little bit as far as like the taskmaster and not have having many action scenes with her. But, you know, overall in the movie, how do you guys think the action compares to, you know, other origin Marvel films? I think there's only two good scenes and two two good action scenes in this one. I think it's the prison escape I thought was fun. And then the first fight between Yelena and Natasha I thought was pretty brutal and the stage really well. Everything else, I don't know what it is. The CGI stunts in this movie did not look good to me. Like those darts going into Alexi's chest, that was very clear. He's like wearing a green vest. Yeah. Um, whenever taskmasters flying around or like soldiers are falling, you could definitely see by their body motions. Like you could tell there was a wire there a lot, like a lot of stuff for this being a big budget MCU movie looked pretty bad to me. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I think, um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like going back to other MCU movies recently. Um, whenever we did like our MCU phase one retrospective and review, I, I guess even though those are older movies in like relative terms or whatever, it's like, I guess I was able to look past like the action and like the CGI a little bit. So here watching this one, I don't know what it was. Maybe we just, we watched those movies recently. So it made me feel better about this one, but I I had a great time with the action. I really enjoyed most of it, to be honest. Even some of those crazy scenes you guys are talking about, like with the CG, like whenever like they're flying through the air and fighting, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I don't know. It it just worked for me. Of course, my favorite scenes, like you said, were the more practical ones like that brutal fight between Natasha and Elena was a fucking awesome. Loved it. So cool. I love the ending of it. Like with the truce, that was really fun. Prison Escape was super cool, too. And. I know it's like not like a fist fight or anything, but kind of like Keith talked about earlier, I did love the opening of the movie. I just love that like whole like chase scene and how that turned into this plane escape and Alexi on the wing shooting. And it's like, oh, oh I guess he's a super soldier. Like they revealed that too. It was like, yeah. So I got to say, even though Taskmaster I thought was a garbage villain in terms of how they handled that character, I, I still had a good time with all those action scenes too, like on the bridge. Well, whenever they're first fighting and you first realize it, like Taskmaster can copy Natasha's moves and Captain America's clearly like, I, I, I had a good time with it. I, yeah, I agree. Some of it didn't look great, but I still really enjoyed all of the action. I am glad Alexi kept the shield. I'm excited to see where that goes. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, it all worked for me too. One thing I was hoping for, though, we didn't really get was a, a brutal fight scene with Alexi. I was hoping he was going to tear some people up. Great really point, get Keith. That. Yeah, great point. I thought they were going to let him loose, and they didn't. Not even brutal. Like I don't think it needed to be brutal. It's just like whenever Keith and I were walking out, another thing we talked about was they had this great buildup in the movie of like, oh wow, like this guy is Russia's only super soldier. I mean, just think about like the past movies. Like we know what a super soldier means. The fact that. The Soviet Union or whatever they were whenever they made him. I mean, Russia, that's pretty crazy. Like, what were they letting this guy do mission wise? Kind of interesting. And then ultimately it leads to and he constantly references it. And then it's just he has a fight scene with Taskmaster where he gets his ass kicked like i don't even know if he made contact once i'm not even making a joke it's also a minute they cut it, to it once too it sucks that was my least favorite action sequence because taskmaster is cool i like the taskmaster that scene was using clearly black panther's move set that was awesome but i mean red guardian i mean that was pretty fucking lame to be honest i am excited though to see what they do with red guardian in the future mm-hmm. and also just personally i'm happy for david harbour because he got stuck doing that shitty like hellboy movie so i'm glad he's like finally <laughs> kind of found like a like a, a comic thing comic that's gonna movie. work for him you know <laughs> it looks like he's coming back i'm sure yeah. so oh yeah i'm he's excited to see where he he's goes in the mcu i mean i hope they make a black widow too and it's just yelena is the main character and bring back rachel vice and bring back david harbour i mean that's what i want to see but if they did like a MCU Cold War movie and it was like Winter Soldier, Alexi, they get, got some more context there. That would be really awesome. That'd be really awesome. So I know this is kind of a, I mean, this is what we do at the end of our episodes, right? We always try and talk about the future, whether it's the MCU, whether it's a franchise, it doesn't really matter. We want to talk about what we want to see later. And I know this is kind of a weird one for this movie because it's, like the first MCU prequel, in a sense. It doesn't kind of move the plot forward necessarily. I know we'll get to the epilogue in this conversation, of course, but what do we want from the future of this little Black Widow potential franchise, I guess I should say? Do you guys, like, want more, like, prequel films with Scarlett Johansson coming back? Do we just want sequel stories with Yelena and the rest of the family like we talked about? Or should Disney Plus, like with the whole shows, since we got to see Valentina again in the post credit scene, and we like they reference that I guess Yelena is going to be back on the Hawkeye show going after him. What do you guys want to see? What would be the ideal future for the Black Widow franchise and these characters? I don't know if I want this, but they did kind of set it up with the Widows, that there's still hundreds of thousands of Widows out there throughout the world that have not been discoded or whatever um right yep yeah so i mean are they i guess they're gonna do something with that where they're gonna have to go track these people all these ladies down and and trying to get them turned over to the good that side was the again implication yeah yeah that yelena was gonna lead that charge and that melina was gonna basically use the last vial to create like a universal cure essentially it seemed like that's a good b plot i don't know if that's a good main plot though for a movie i feel like that gets old real quick that was the least interesting part of this movie, I thought. I agree. It kind of sucks, too, because, again, Taskmaster, this version of Taskmaster is not at all what Taskmaster is in the comics. And that's cool. But I, I did really like the idea that Taskmaster is this character that's almost, like, locked in, if that makes sense. Like, locked in their own body, uh, forced to watch clips of Avengers fighting to memorize their patterns and all that stuff. And it's, I mean, basically they reveal that Antonia is kind of a widow in the sense, at least like 
from the fact that she's being controlled, like Drakov controls everybody else. So that was pretty cool. It's just, I, I'm with you, Austin. It just felt like either don't show this much of this plot or fully commit to it. Like, show more of it. Make that the main plot. Because I feel like it could have been really cool. I mean, Natasha having to fight through all these people that like she can relate to would have been interesting. It's just, I don't think they committed enough to it. I could see somebody else finding the Taskmaster suit, though, with all the recordings and stuff. And maybe they bring back another version of Taskmaster later on. Hmm. Um, and then additionally, Matt, you asked about more Black Widow prequel movies. I love Scarlett Johansson. I wish she was still active in the MCU. I, for me, though, if she's not going to be active in our current MCU storylines, having a bunch of prequel movies, I don't think it's going to be very interesting to just me personally. I would have loved it while she was still a main Avenger, but now that she's dead, it's not going to lead anywhere. So I, I'm not super interested in that. All right. No, I agree with that. So how about then, what do you ideally want to move on to? So let's just kind of scrap that idea. Sounds like the three of us all just kind of want to move forward, even though we're disappointed that Scarlet didn't get this chance earlier. So what type of stories do we want to see Yelena and potentially the family tackle in the future? I mean, it's pretty clear just from the epilogue that Yelena is going to be in the Hawkeye show for sure. And yep. a pretty main participant, too. That seems cool. It, it could be cool to see her meet up with Clint and learn more about her sister that she didn't get to know while she was brainwashed. Mm -hmm. That could be an interesting dynamic. I'm not sure if I want to see her hunting Clint for the entirety of the Hawkeye show. So I, I'm not sure. And I, it's going to be weird too, because he's not even Ronan anymore. He's just back to Hawkeye. Also, how did Valentina know that? Nobody else was on Vormir. It was literally Clint uh, Natasha and Red Skull. <laughs> so how did she know that uh, he was, quote unquote, respond? Obviously, we know as the audience that he wasn't responsible for her death. It's just one of them had to die and she refused to let it be him. So one of those weird things. I bet Valentina just took the story he told and framed it to oh, make it seem okay. like. Yeah, maybe you know. maybe he talked about it. Okay. Good, good call. Good Maybe call. Valentina just thinks that he killed her. Or Valentina is just using the fact that nobody else knows the actual story to just make Yelena believe he killed her. so bad what they are planning with Valentina. Valentina seems evil. I don't know. I, I, you know what? And that's a great point because I, I think we all three talked about it. I don't think she came across as evil in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was more just Not like- at all. It was more just, here's an opportunity. And in the comics, she is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. She yeah. works for S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. This does seem a bit more evil because it's like John Walker wasn't given a mission, you know, at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Whereas here it's like, oh, I have your mission, Yelena. Go kill Hawkeye. Maybe they're still wanting to hold him accountable for his actions as Ronan. We just don't know her allegiance, but I'm so, I'm so interested. I love it. I I'm really curious because the thing that I, of course, was thinking about right away is, are we going to get a movie where John Walker... As quote unquote, you know, Captain America slash US agent is leading an Avengers team with Yelena as the Black Widow archetype. We know Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop, aka the new Hawkeye in the Hawkeye show. Maybe she gets recruited. I mean, She Hulk too. Who knows what? Who knows what's going to happen in the She Hulk show? Who the hell knows? I mean, are these going to be who the Avengers fight in a future movie, or are they going to be good guys? I don't know. I have no clue. What would this team be called in the comics, Matt? The Dark Avengers. So um, we talked about in Falcon Winter Soldier, and you know I'll be the first to cop to it. I I thought my baby boy, I thought General Ross was a bit more involved. So. He was too busy filming the Black Widow movie. <laughs> he was, yeah. So yeah, General Ross in the comics has his whole thing where like 
to combat Hulk and to combat other threats, he forms the Thunderbolts, which are typically more villainous characters. But like you said, Austin, I don't think that anymore. I thought that, you know, John Walker was going to be the leader of the Thunderbolts at the end of that show. But based on this post-credit scene, I would assume Dark Avengers. And then maybe Valentina's leading that team. I think so. Or like their handler. Yeah, because Yelena is a member of the Dark Avengers in the comics, and John Walker, I don't think he is, but the idea of being like a more dark Captain America would certainly fit that archetype. So that's my guess of what they're setting up. I also would bet money that we are going to see John Walker and Alexi fight because Alexi wants to fight Captain America so bad. Wyatt Russell, Keith's co-star. We want to see it. (laughs) Bring him back, baby. (laughs) Keith, do you have any inside scoop on future Wyatt Russell projects (laughs) since you talk all the time? No. He he ghosted me, man. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> oh, man. You need to get back to that food truck in Austin with him. <laughs> <laughs> Joking aside, though, like in terms of what we're going to see really soon, because I'm pretty sure the Hawkeye show comes out this year. I am excited for, of course, we're probably going to get one episode where it's like Yelena is tracking down Hawkeye. They probably have like a really cool fight scene or something. And it's like hawkeye has something where like he is able to convince her that he wasn't responsible and then like they're friends and then like austin you said it's going to be like hawkeye kind of inadvertently teaching her more about her sister that she never knew and filling in gaps and they're going to be friends or something so while i'm not excited at all for that show i love Haley steinfeld so i'm excited about that aspect and the fact that florence Pugh is going to be in it doesn't even want to watch it whereas i didn't want to beforehand so i guess that's a good thing yeah, I don't know who the villain would be, but I would just be down for a father-daughter team-up with uh, Yelena and uh, Alexi. I think that'd be badass. Singing American Pie the whole time? Bye-bye, But whenever you sing it, Keith, you have to have tears come down your face. Because if, if you don't, then you're not a real actor. <laughs> okay, well, if we're singing American Pie, I think that means it's time to wrap things up. So that's going to do it for the bulk of our discussion on Black Widow. But before we get out of here today, we do, of course, need to do our Arnie's Podcast Awards. If you're new this week, this is a segment where we give an award to anything in this episode. Keith, always starts us off. Keith, what is your award today? Man, I have two awards. Um, so I'll just say both of them. You can pick which one's the best. The And they both go to the same person. And that would be the best arm wrestling champ award goes to Alexi and... The best prison tattoo award also goes to Alexi. Wow. Before you decide, Matt, let me tell you my award. Oh. Because my award kind of goes hand in hand with both of Keith's award. I'm going to give the Fat Man Sexy Award to Ooh. Mr. David Harbour. Nice. Seeing him shirtless, a little chunky with those prison tats, I was like, man, slice me off a piece of that. I'm into it. <laughs> I just love whenever he walks out. Still fits. <laughs> seeing his like one eye like through like the the, like the collar was my favorite shot of the movie (laughs) just him stuck so fucking good that's tough keith i gotta say i mean fat man sexy award that's good i feel like prison tats goes hand i was gonna say i like prison tats i like prison tat i think we should go with that guys i loved alexi great character great performance by david harbour but well i don't want to shame you guys I want to award something that's a bit more real, a bit more relevant to the world. As you guys know, I love politics. It's my favorite thing. And I think it's time. It's, it's, it is high time that Marvel took responsibility, and I'm so glad I can finally award them for it. I'm going to give the best U.S.-Russia relations award 
to every single actor in this movie. They were all American. Not Florence Pugh. Guys, I'm going to give the best U.S., U.K., <laughs> to Russia <laughs> <laughs> advancement award to every single actor in this film. Because I'll tell you what, they didn't all have to play Russians. But by golly, they all did. Still not anywhere as bad as Elizabeth Olsen's first attempt at her Skakovian <laughs> accent. See that's good. <laughs> um, it is very true. And Austin, what I would say to that is Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson, they fucking nailed it. You know why? They were playing Sokovians. And that's how Sokovians sound. That's how they sound. I, Did she look, shield? I have problems with it too. That's just how they sound. But all these characters in this film are Russian. And I didn't once think that they were American or British, except every single scene. Oh, I was just thinking about like whenever they auditioned, did they ask, can you do a Russian accent? Or did they find out later they had to do one? It's a great question. I think my favorite line that Florence Pugh said that I was like, that's a British person. Whenever she was like, it was real to me. (laughs) (laughs) Great performance. Great performance. And Keith, at this point, I've given the award. I still don't know if Ray Winston was doing a British or Russian accent. I still don't know. I don't know. I didn't even understand what he was saying. Was he even speaking English? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I have pheromones. (laughs) I farted so you can't touch me. Okay, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind leaving us reviews, that will help us as well. Uh, Even if you don't want to write anything, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff really does help us out. And if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really do appreciate that so we can continue to grow the show. At The Arnids is our social, and thearnids.media is the website. We'll be back next week for the start of our latest retrospective and review series. We've covered Star Wars. We've done Bond. We've done the MCU Phase 1. We've done the Snyderverse. And we will now be jumping into another universe. We're going to be talking about all three of the John Wick films. I'm excited for this one. It's been a long time coming. Just going to be a quick little palate cleanser. We've been talking a lot of MCU. I think John Wick. Just gonna get our minds off that. It's all gonna be good. There's definitely no Russian people in these movies, except I think every single character. So that's gonna be fun to experience those accents. Other than that, guys, like also mentioned at the top, Loki. Sticking with the MCU, we have one episode left coming out this week, the finale. Check out our episode this Friday. We didn't love the end of WandaVision. We didn't love the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Will this one be a good closer? We'll be finding out soon. Yeah, check us out on Instagram at the Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and upcoming episodes. Like Matthew said, one episode of Loki left, so please give us your theories on that. And remember to go back and check out our most recent bracket where we covered the best comedy bracket of all time. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. It was real to me. (laughs) 